Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. Aboard! <laughs> You're on the crazy train. <laughs> Welcome to the Cutting Edge Outdoor Show. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on 1250 AM, The Fan. Thank you for hopping on board the crazy train this morning with myself, Tom Neubauer, and my co-host, Danny Bush. We uh, come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We are live. We are unrehearsed. And uh, you just about never know what you're going to get. And and I'll tell you what, our producer wishes he could do this show from home, but too bad you can't. Anyway, uh, you can always become part of the show by calling us at 799-1250. That's 414-799-1250 if you got any questions or comments. Or you can always email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. Well, Danny, hold on, because we got another round of snow coming. Aren't you happy? Well, you know, it's winter in Wisconsin, <laughs> so, I mean, uh, what do you expect here? Exactly. Actually, actually as far as the... Uh, um, snow what you know i don't mind snow but what we really need here tom is we need some this sounds crazy to say um for the ice fishermen out there especially those that uh, want to uh, fish the bay of green bay we really need some colder weather because from what i understand ice conditions are not so hot right now yeah they're not that great up there and just talking to some guys this past week they were saying about some of the area lakes that they fish on They'll be standing in one spot where it's six inches of ice, and they said five feet away it was an inch or two inches of ice. You know, so the ice can vary. But I'll tell you what, today is going to be a good day for ice fishing. Two reasons. Number one, overcast. Number two, we got a front coming in. We all know about that, more snow. So we overcast and a f- impending front, that is good. So... Uh, you know, but listen, don't take my word for it. I'm just saying it should be good. 
you know. Well, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that, Tom, because uh, you know sometimes you'll go out fishing or hunting, and if you follow all the moon, the salooner stuff, this and that, and everything says that it should be great, and it sucks, and then other times everything says it should be bad, and it's great. So you never know. Although I will say that uh, weeks ago, when I first started ice fishing here. Uh, and I had my first, you know, great day. Well, I don't know, great, but a good day where I was getting flags popping, caught a legal northern and couldn't get that giant muskie through the uh, through the hole. Um, it actually uh, it actually was with the front coming in. So I was kind of thinking about that because I, I will be out there today. Now, waterfront uh, today has another fishery. It's the uh, plugins. P-L-U-G-U-N-S. They got the plugins fishery going on. So stop out at our good friends out at the waterfront and you can buy your tickets. In fact, uh, I'll go there right after the show, enter and uh, come back here and set my tip ups. Uh, tomorrow they got Manches uh, Sportsman's Club going to be going on. So we got some fisheries going on. Hopefully the fish are snapping. Now, Last night, Tom, I was set up, well, not last night, yesterday afternoon, I was set up here on the east end um, of Pewaukee, and I actually had a big stud shiner on because I'm trying to catch pike, and uh, three times the tip-up tripped, there was a couple of feet of line out, and I'd come and reset it. Well, I was assuming it was that big stud shiner, but the third time, out of curiosity, you know, I went to kind of pull in, and look at the shiner and I, I felt some resistance like it was stuck in, on something and then all of a sudden it came free well when it when I pulled the shiner up it had been all scarred up and chewed kind of like when a, a muskie will grab a sucker so I was having something grab onto it and later on another one of my shiners when I pulled it up it had never tripped the f flag but it was like it had gotten neatly scaled so I'm thinking there must be some walleyes or or something smaller pike down here, you know, chewing. I'm, I'm thinking probably walleyes. I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, I was watching this week some videos on YouTube where these guys will put their camera down in the water and to to watch what fish do to their shiners. Danny, I was it was amazed. I've seen it before, you know, and I know about it and all that. But still, it's so interesting to watch these fish come up, bite the bait. And then just open her mouth and let it go, and then swim away. Some of them, you know, came back three or four times on a bait just to bite it, and then swim away. You know, not not swallow it, just bite it, open their mouth, and swim away. And 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 it was just so interesting. It's like why these fish do some of these weird things. I'll never know. The other thing too is the one fella he had a live minnow on one hook, okay, and then a foot away from it or two feet away from it. He had a, a cast master spoon. Okay, you think the you think the fish would go for the live minnow, wouldn't you? Of course. Nope, they'd go after that stupid spoon, even if the spoon wasn't moving. So sometimes, you know, you, 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 like I've always said, you try to outthink a fish, you're gonna lose. <laughs> so let me ask you, Tom, what kind of fish were those that were doing the drive-bys? Uh, most of them were pike. And uh, there were a couple bass that did it too. Well, I think oh, I've said, I think I told you this story years ago, how uh, I was out on uh, Lower Genesee Lake in, with hopes of getting one of those so-called alleged giant pike out there eating all those rainbow trout. 
And uh, I had a, a tip up, kept tripping over and over again. Then I'd go over there and there'd be nothing there. There'd be about a foot or two of line uh, spooled out. So I pulled my, uh, I had a fish trap shanty at the time and I pulled it over the top of the hole, which you, then you could see straight down to the bottom. And within minutes, I saw about a 30, 30 inch pike come on through. It did like you're describing, Tom. I had the shiner down there. It just nipped it for a split second, just enough to trip the flag right at my feet. And they kept on swimming right on through. And then I, I reset it. A little bit later, another pike, a different one, a bigger one come, came through. Nipped it, tripped a flag, and kept right on going. So what are they doing? I mean, are they are they just taste testing it or are they just showing a little bit of aggressiveness or are they did my treble hook did it not feel natural enough in that clear clear water did i need to go stealthy with fluorocarbon at the time i don't know it's weird could have been all of the three who knows you know all of the above yeah i don't think the fish really knows either i know i know when i used to go ice fishing i'd look down the hole at times and I'd have a, a you know an ice jig and a waxworm on, and I'd watch bluegills come up to it, come right up to it like they're almost touching it right with their lips, and then they would just back off and swim away. And I'm thinking, well, what's wrong with it? It's a waxworm, you know. Why don't you eat it? Was it the size of the a jig? Maybe maybe it was the color of the jig. Maybe I wasn't moving it, or maybe I was moving it. You know, I mean, what you know? They come up, they look at it, or it, almost like i said almost like they're touching it with their lips and then back up and then swim away and it's like i sometimes i'll tell you it it can be very frustrating when you're watching fish well this is where a guy starts wondering what can you do to trigger that fish uh the uh sense you know people like to use bait mate fish attractant sometimes you wonder whether whether it's that musky following that bucktail with its nose to it or it's your jig, if just having that little bit of scent, something something to just finally close the deal and make the sale would make a difference. And I'll tell you what I'm going to be doing this year. Uh, you know, Baitmate makes their flip and dip stuff, which guys like to, you know, you, you dip your, you know, we've seen John Gillespie do it on the show. You, you can dip your bait in there and then cast it. Uh, I'm going to start dipping my dead smelt and dead baits, whatever I'm using for pike, I'm going to experiment with that, with dipping in that stuff. Now, years ago, some guys used to actually use food coloring on their smelt, where you could actually color and have colored smelt, uh, blue, red, yellow. I tried it. It looked really cool in the water. Didn't work any better than the regular smelt, but I I liked it. But I'm thinking even with that flip and dip, it kind of gives it, there's kind of a greenish kind of color and some sparkle stuff in there. Even that little bit of color, that little bit of scent. Who knows? But I'll be trying, and if it really works, I'll be telling the whole world about it because I'll be on to something there. Well, you know, fishermen should never be um, afraid of trying something that might be strange or different, you know, because you never know what might work, you know. Well, speaking so, of, I, yeah. I, talked, I talked to a guy yesterday over here at Park Avenue Pizza, uh, which remind me, I got a very special announcement that I'll be making about Park Avenue Pizza in the show. But uh, he mentioned a buddy of his is catching pike, and all he's using are hot dogs. Yeah. And he's buying the cheapest hot dogs he can find. <laughs> yeah, I remember last year when Larry Smith was uh, catching uh, pike on hot dogs, and 
I mean, and he really was catching them on the hot dogs. I mean, why hot dogs? Why Pike? Eat? Who, who knows why, you know? <laughs> it's funny. Oh, and I do have, I, I have a special announcement that uh, at 7 o'clock, I've got an update on the North Lake uh, boating access. So 7 o'clock, we'll be doing that. And and who's coming on at 7.30? Well, we're not going to say, Tom. I'm oh, glad you didn't blurt that out. Uh, I was going to figure that you might. Well, we do have a special surprise guest at 730. Okay. We're just going to tease it right now. So you all, all right. got to stay tuned. Okay, got to stay tuned for that. Well, that's interesting. Well, my son Nick has been uh, where he fishes, and he won't tell me where. Uh, he won't show me where he goes. I, I, God, I got to get it out of him because... Not only has been catching northerns, crappies, bluegills, a lot of little bluegills, a lot of little crappies, every now and then, you know, some decent ones. But he also caught a couple of nice walleyes last time out. You know, I think what I'm going to have to do is when he's going to go fishing, ice fishing, I'm going to have to go over to his house, stay a few a block away, and then follow him so well. I can find out where this secret spot is. <laughs> he he just figures that uh, you've got a radio show. I, I remember years ago, my brother Tim was whacking some fish. And I said, uh, where, where he's up by Oshkosh area. And I said, oh, where are you fishing? He goes, oh, yeah, I'm going to tell you so you can blab it all over to southeastern Wisconsin on your radio show. So <laughs> he never did tell me. <laughs> well, I know. I got guys who won't tell me certain things because even though I promise that I won't say anything, there's a few that say, nope, nope, I'm not telling you, you know, because, I mean, let's face it, on radio, you got to have a big mouth. you got to be a talker. Did I ever tell you uh, when I was on a different station, and this is like 30 years ago, I did a ra- I was had an outdoor show on a different station, and it was uh, an early caller of the show. I had only been on a few months maybe. And a guy calls, and he says, uh, he says, you know, Tom, he says, I, I, I like your show, but there's only one problem. And I said, what's that? He says, you talk too much. And I said, I talk, I talk too much. He said, I got to talk, otherwise there's going to be dead air. What do you mean I talk too much? <laughs> but that's true. Sometimes we do talk too much, but that's okay. That's what we get paid for, right? We get that whole buck and a half to, to talk too much. And right now we got to go to a break, Danny. So, folks, you stay tuned. We're going to be right back here on 1250 AM, The Fan. So don't miss us. Welcome back to Wacky Walleyes. Cutting Edge Outdoors, I'm Dan Bush along with Tom Neubauer. We want to uh, thank those that are up and listening to us right now, and we know there will be a whole lot more uh, as people start uh, rubbing their eyes, having their morning joe, and uh, crawling out of bed. We always thank law enforcement officers out there protecting us. We support Back the Badge, uh, first responders, healthcare workers, military, uh, and uh Special shout out to the truck drivers out there keeping things moving in America. Without you guys, uh, we'd be lost. And we got many truck drivers who actually, including Tex and the Big Rig, that listen to us. So uh, thank you to you all. Yeah, you can imagine how many people are driving through and around uh, southeastern Wisconsin on their way, you know, north, south, east, and west, or wherever. And, you know, they're 
they're they're flicking around the dial looking for something that's interesting and appealing and and let's face it we are interesting and appealing aren't we Oh, yeah, Tom, yeah, where you look up interested and appealing in the dictionary and our picture's next to it. There you go, that's it. <laughs> oh, darn. So, well, Sam, uh, wouldn't you like to be doing this show from home? Oh, it's not really possible. Oh, it's not, really? For me, no. You could do this show from no, home? I could, no, I couldn't. Oh, that's what I mean, you couldn't. That's That's what I mean, it's just too bad that you... You know, you're not able to because, uh, I don't know, I hope you don't have to go into the station Saturday night or Sunday morning because, uh, you know, this week, Danny and Sam, uh, you heard what the forecast is. A lot more snow coming from Saturday night at 6 o'clock till Sunday night at 6 o'clock. So, yeah, it's, it's only going to be a couple inches, Tom. It's not going to be anything. That's what I always say to myself. I, Sam you know, can... I, I, I try to get myself fired up like it's only going to be a few inches. I grew up in Green Bay, for crying out loud. My mom was from Duluth. You want to talk about snow, let's talk Duluth, Superior area. And even Green Bay back in the 60s growing up. They didn't call school until you had three feet of snow. And even then, you had nobody had four-wheel drives back then. You threw a bunch of weight in the back of the the truck. I remember uh, doing donuts with my 76 Trans Am back in the snowstorm days. I never got stuck. If you did, you had a couple guys jump out at the stoplight and help push you, so That's no big right. deal. Do you remember the days of people putting chains on their rear tires? Yes, I remember yeah. my dad had chains, and I remember the days when he would buy studded snow tires yep. until those got outlawed because they yep. didn't weren't so good on the uh, they weren't so good on the roads. But oh yeah, I mean summers, winters up there, you were constantly pushing. And the guy in the car, rocket back and forth, right? Remember yep, that, yep, Tom? Rocket, yep. get a little oh, momentum yeah. back and forth. Then you'd be in the back pushing against the bumper. Snow would be spinning into your face. And just as the guy would be getting free, you'd give it all you got. He'd get free and you'd fall right on your face. As the, <laughs> as the, oh, those were the good old days. And and, oh, and yeah, then that, when, when that got slow, you were jump-starting people's cars. Back in the day. I hate snow. And it I don't was mind so... the cold. I don't like the snow. I got too much to shovel here. Boy, you're sounding like I... I love the snow. I It's good exercise to get out there and shovel. I look forward to it. It gives me that... Uh, I don't have to go to the gym that day. I can go out and shovel for a couple hours. Well, actually, you know, you got a point there. I tell my wife, you know, like when it snows and I got to go out and shovel, I say, well, I don't have to go on the treadmill today because I already got my exercise in. But I you still know, don't like it. I, the cold... The cold was the worst. I mean, it's way. I mean, we had a cold spell last year, but I remember again in Green Bay, man. You, it was. It'd be cold in the old vehicles. People don't realize how good they have it. It used to be that when you got up in that in the morning, you were going to have one shot and one shot only to get your car started. And if it didn't, you had to get a jump start. So every truck, car, vehicle, whatever was different. This one, you got to pump the pedal once and then don't hold it down or pump it once and hold it down slightly. You had to learn your car and it, you, when it would fire up. And if, if you screwed that up, you were getting a jump start because your batteries just couldn't, couldn't get her going. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a different time. Now with, uh, what, what do they call that injection, the gas injection system that... Uh, COVID injection, COVID-19 injections, Tom. There you go. It's, you know, that, it's, fuel injection. Yeah, fuel injection. Yeah, it, 
the cars start so much easier nowadays. But, you know, I was thinking, you know, it would be nice to get one of those uh, automatic car starters and have the heat turned on, you know. There's only one problem. My car's in a garage. You I know can't. what? I, I, our good friend uh, at Zbart, we talked to Nate, uh, that is, is a big seller. And you know what? I really should get that. Uh, you don't want to go outside and start your car and then just leave it out there, you know, probably what? Unlocked and running where people can steal it. It sounds like if you got one of those remote jobbies, you could it could still stay locked, but you could just start it out remote is what I'm thinking. Exactly, and, yeah. It stays locked and, and you can have uh, it set where your heater is on or your defrost is on already. And, you know, you go out 10 minutes later and it's already nice and warm in there. The the ice is gone from the windshield. Oh, yeah, that'd be the way to go. You betcha. Yeah, you know, the other thing I, I want to get done, they got that windshield. I don't know if they call it the Rain-X or whatever yeah. treatment for the windshield. I, I meant to get out there a month ago and get that done. But, uh, yeah, lots of things you can do to help make it through the winter. Um, as far as I mentioned before, Tom, the uh, fishing, uh, the ice report from uh, Door County hasn't been so hot. I mentioned last week that a unnamed guide went through into the drink with a four-wheeler. And um, I, I'm thinking uh, one of these weeks we got to call our friend Dale Strohshine, Hall of Fame angler up there, up at Sand Bay Beach Resort, Wacky Walleye's Guide Service, because, uh, you know, he has a top-quality uh, whitefish fishing operation up there. He's also got the, the walleyes uh, at times, early ice and late ice. But doesn't sound like the reports are so good right now. Now, like at uh, Sand Bay uh, Resort, according to the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources, and so I'm assuming this must be Dale's place, Sand Bay Resort, rough cracked ice was seen from the landing. No one fishing, some open water, soft ice conditions. Riley's Bay, few shacks were seen out there, no ice conditions or fishing reports. Um, they're talking about... Uh, uh, let's see, fishing pre clavins, lime kiln, big rock place, fishing pressure slowed with the changing ice conditions, few anglers close to shore, few fish to show for it, and basically mentioning that a lot of cracked ice out there, just not looking super, super good right now for getting out uh, in the uh, Sturgeon Bay area, I guess. Well, we got a report from our friend on uh, email, because anybody can email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. Our friend Tex in the Big, big Rig says, uh, good morning, crazy trainers. Hope all is well. Appreciate the shout-outs to the truckers the last couple weeks, Bushy. Caught the COVID at Christmas time and kind of wrecked the start of ice fishing for me. Wanted to be the first old fart to caution everybody about fishing up on Green Bay, especially today. Ice is anywhere from 4 inches to 11 inches, but with that east-southeast wind blowing today, could be some fishermen floating an ice island on an ice island. Heading back to my perch spot out, uh, out of the wind today on the Fox Valley, walleyes and perch are starting to look pretty good on, on uh, Poignant and Winnebago. Oh, Poignant. Uh, Poygan, yeah. Well, the way it was spelled. <laughs> that away, Tex. Anyway, Poygan and Winnebago, just a matter of moving and moving and moving until you find the school. Hope you guys get a hold of some uh, of the guys like Dale up in Green Bay to keep everybody abreast of the ice conditions. Kind of dangerous body of water for a lot of people. Last of my ramblings. Is this weekend the last of any kind of deer hunting? 
Seen the guy park his truck by the edge of the woods all week. Take care, Tex and the big truck. Is it the last of uh, deer hunting? Well, for the uh, for the late season, uh, the late season uh, um, uh, archery and crossbow holiday hunt, I believe, is what's going on right now, and that's only in in the uh, high population metro type areas where they're trying to knock some more of the deer down, I believe. But before you trust me to go out and hunt yet, check your regulations because uh, that's the final authority. But yeah, and I believe uh, uh, you can, it's, it's, yeah, I believe you can shoot whatever, if you got an unfilled tag, if you're in those zones, uh, goes till I believe the 31st, which is tomorrow, I guess it ends. Yeah, uh, we got another email from a trucker, Jeff the Trucker from West Milwaukee. Uh, he says he got a place on a channel leading to Poygan and went on Winnicani. Oh, how about that? Anyway, uh, he was. Uh, he said, I realize you guys addressed this on the show uh, about the, the, the PFASs, the, the contaminants that are running into Monona Bay on Lake Monona. And uh, he sent us a link. Remember, I, I sent that to you. Did you see that link I sent to you last yeah, week? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I actually, I actually get those from the DNR right, all right. the time. But I just thought I'd send that to you. Now this link is just too long for, for me to tell people what it is. But if they go to the DNR website, they'll be able to find it. You know about what's going on out there. So I just thought yeah. I'd bring that up again real quick. Yeah, they uh, they give updates on on what they're finding and so forth. And you know, uh, PFAC. What did we hear years ago? It was, was what uh, PCBs in Lake Michigan and all this. Yep. All basically what those are is what all acronyms for different types of chemicals and so forth. Right. right. Um, and you know, I guess there's you know it's an ongoing ongoing problem, and there's different sources and so forth for those contaminants from industry to other chemicals and so forth. I guess the whole key is, um, you know, you watch your consumption of fish and go to the DNR site, get the advisories. Uh, speaking of Monona Bay, I talked to a guy uh, this week. He said uh, fishing hasn't been so hot there. Huh, how about that? Yeah. So well, maybe maybe the, all the people fishing out there caught all the fish. <laughs> yeah, I, well, it, I did talk to a guy who's been fishing on Freeze Lake, and though it hasn't been super hot out there, he's getting a few different, uh, you know, a few decent bluegills. Uh, now, I've never fished freeze. Have you fished on freeze before? Oh, yeah, many times. Yeah. It's a real small lake, very small. Small little deep lake? Yeah, exactly. Now, here's, here's the thing I didn't get. This guy says he fishes bluegills, right? But he just lets them all go now. I, I never, you know, if you're going to fish bluegills... Um, my, my idea of it is you might as well, you know, fillet some up, you know, it's not like you're fishing trophy muskies and letting those go. You're fishing bluegills for crying out loud. Yeah. Um, there's uh, a fella I know, a young fella. He, he's a heck of a good fisherman. He fishes for everything from bluegills. Well, not muskies, but from bluegills to uh, bass, but he catches pike in there and walleye and everything else. And, but he doesn't like eating fish, you know? And I said, well, you know, that's fine. You know, you just like catching them. But it's like, gee, and he's good at it, too. So he does catch quite a few fish. I said, that's too bad, you know, that you don't like eating them. But anyway, Danny, we got we to gotta go to a break. Bottom of the hour coming up. We got the gut report coming up next. And, of course, after the 645 break, we have the 
the Hornschwaggle, where you can win a $10 gift certificate to Carl's Country Market. And just reminding everybody one more time, at 7 o'clock, I got the North Lake uh, update. So, folks, stay tuned for more of the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. Come here, I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. Have you ever heard of hush puppies? Well, I know I have, and I've had them before, and they're good. But how about making them yourself? This this uh, recipe comes from Ed Blake, and I want to thank Ed for this. Okay, to make these hush puppies, you take a half a cup of pancake mix, half a cup of cornmeal, one cup of flour, quarter cup of sugar, salt to taste, and then you add in a, one cup of milk and one egg, you combine all the ingredients, and then once they're fully, you know, combined, you drop a teaspoon size, uh, or yeah, teaspoon size spoonfuls in 350 to 360 degrees of oil, and you deep fry them until they're golden brown. If you ever had hush puppies at the restaurants, you might want to make your own and try this. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor, where you're going to find the best price, selection, and service at 51st in Oklahoma and Milwaukee and Main Street in Barstow and Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to DiscountLiquorInc.com. Okay, welcome back to Wacky Walleye's Cutting Edge Outdoors. Hey, thanks for listening, and uh, if you do want to contact us, feel free to uh, give us a call at uh, 414-799-1250, uh, or they can email us. Where can they email us at, Tom? At ceoguys at yahoo.com. And Danny, I just have a quick reminder here that the prize okay, contest on the Cutting Edge Outdoors or the sole responsibility of the Cutting Edge Outdoors radio show and its sponsors. Any questions or comments should be directed to ceoguys at yahoo.com. All right. And, Tommy, you were talking about the gut report, so I got uh, two things I want to mention along the uh, lines of eating. First one is... uh, I got the, the recipe with Suzette out of, uh, on Wisconsin Outdoor, uh, Outdoors.com, or the uh, little news, or Dick Ellis uh, publication. It's basically the uh, January, February one. It's for venison roast sandwiches. So I, got, I, I did it yesterday, and I'm telling you, I'm loving it. Uh, you, three pound venison roast, you take one seven ounce packet of Good Seasons Italian dressing. Uh, one cup of water, and one 16-ounce bottle. Tom, I'll bet you know how to p- pronounce this. 16-ounce bottle. <laughs> no, wrong. Uh, they, they look like... No, they, I even know how to say that one. Oh, pepperoncinis. Uh, yes, pepperoncinis. One 16-ounce bottle. So all you got to do is buy two things, Tom. Two things, and that's it. Yep. And you, pl- you place the roast in the bottom of your slow cooker. 
combine the dressing packet with water and pour over the roast along with the pepperoncini and liquid. Cook on low setting five to seven hours. I actually did it a, lo a lot longer until meat is fully cooked and easily shredded. Serve on Kaiser rolls with your choice of uh, provolone, cheese, onions, green peppers, mushrooms, horseradish. And this recipe is from their son in Kentucky who prepares the sandwiches for his neighborhood get-togethers. And I made it yesterday. I didn't even have it on the sandwiches yet. I got the buns here. I'm all excited to do that. But I put it on potatoes. I pulled out the shredded uh, or the, the cooked uh, venison, put it on the potatoes with the juices. And, oh, man, it was great. It sounds good. Yeah, I saw that recipe. Yep, that is a good one. Quick, simple, and easy for guys like me to you know, throw the in thing, the... Cr oh, I was going to say, and the thing is, Danny, is that, you know, that was done with venison, but you could do that same recipe with pork and beef, too. It, I, what the heck? You, the same. You could you could throw a dead porcupine in the and work, yeah, too. Yeah, it'll so. probably be good. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. My buddy Arizona Joe would probably be nuts enough to try that. Uh, just want to make a quick announcement along we're talking about food. Uh, our good friends at Park Avenue Pizza. Uh, Park Avenue Pizza will be donating $4 for every heart-shaped pizza sold from February 2nd through the 14th. So basically, Park Avenue Pizza, they're right next door. They got some great stuff there, but they got these really cool heart-shaped pizzas. So I want all you guys out there who need to, you know, schmooze up with the, your, your, you know, wife, girlfriend, whatever. Buy our heart-shaped pizza, and $4 uh, gets donated. Um, and let's see, where does the donations go to? Um, let's see here. They, well, they go to some charities here. I'm trying to, trying to find it right now. But they're calling this drive the February uh, for Hearts drive. And also, um, every time it says customers should note that every time they order a heart-shaped pizza, they can enter their name to win either a $100 gift certificate to Park Avenue Pizza, a $50 uh, gift certificate, or a care package put together by Park Avenue Pizza. So... Right now, um, it goes to some good... Oh, here it says the causes. It goes to the, uh, the Beat Goes On Foundation. The Beat Goes On Foundation is, uh, is to turn heart transplantation into a, a cure through funding the latest transplant research, supporting children and families who have been diagnosed with heart disease and defects. So anyway, uh, get over to Park Avenue Pizza. Help support the cause and get a cool heart-shaped pizza. Yeah. And and they make good pizzas too. So what the hell? Oh, they got yeah. yeah they got great uh, they got great pizza over there. So uh, yeah, get on over there and they sell a lot of those anyway. But now uh, from February second through the fourteenth, you've got even more reason to get over to Park Avenue Pizza and get that uh, heart heart shaped pizza. Yeah, I wonder what my wife's gonna get me this year for Valentine's Day. Yeah. I... Well, maybe, why don't you have her bring you on out and uh, get a heart-shaped pizza? Yeah. Uh, oh, I should mention, in addition to the, the Beat Goes On Foundation and Park Avenue Pizza, uh, Lake Breeze Realty, uh, a gentleman named Brad out there is, is one of the sponsors as well. So it's kind of a team effort there putting that venture together. Yeah, I know what my wife's going to get me. Same thing she got me last year. What, new pajamas? No. Uh, snowblower. <laughs> Uh, nope, nothing. <laughs> what do you mean nothing? 
She got me nothing last year. Same thing how, I got her for Valentine's how about a, Day. How, how See, about a new we, recliner? No, we don't go for these made-up holidays, you know, like mm. Valentine's Day, Sweetest Day, uh, Hug Your Secretary Day or whatever. I don't know. We don't go for those. You're kind of a weird guy sometimes, Tom. I know, you know I you am. Got your, you, you're kind of, you, you really are a different bird, man, as far as you're stuck in your ways and never going to change your mind, much I less know. won't get rid of the flip phone and finally get a smartphone. I know. You know, uh, our friend Ron Heidenreich said to me once, because we're German, he says, you can tell a German anything, you just can't tell him much. I, I, I don't exactly remember how the line went, but I thought it was kind of funny. And it was kind of apropos too, you know, about that. So, but I now, just want to remind everybody that coming up after this break, we're going to be playing the Hornschwaggle, which is brought to you by Carl's Country Market, and they're out there in Menominee Falls on the corner of uh, Silver Spring and Pilgrim Road. They got all kinds of award-winning sausages, meats, deli stuff, all, all kinds of stuff. But you can win a ten-dollar gift certificate by winning the Hornschwaggle. So just remember, when we go to break, all you got to do is call 414-799-1250. That's 799-1250, and you can be a contestant in the Hornschwaggle. You got well, those questions already written, right, Danny? Yeah, and aren't you going to yell at them first, though, and, and tell them that if they've won in the last month or so, not the call? Oh, yeah, that too, yeah. If you yeah, get, get, come on, Mr. Grumpy, weeks, get on that. Don't bother calling. Sam will hang up on you. Oh, here, here's an email, Danny, from Tim. Tim says, fishing a lake near you that rhymes with Milwaukee near launch at West End. Last Saturday, four guys, 12 flags, nine walleyes, 19 the largest, two legal, including losing a muskie. Last night, four guys, two flags, no fish. Same spot, but why the big difference in results? Baffled angler. That's Tim. He's baffled. So one time, well, that's just about what we were saying before. One time you go out and fishing is great, and the next time you go out, you go to the same spot, and it's not so great. So hey, who knows, right? It you changes. gotta ask the you gotta ask the fish. I get, uh, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, so, so he's fishing out at Pewaukee near the launch at the West End, probably fishing one of those weed lines, you know. So speak, speaking of Pewaukee, Tom. Um, I mentioned how a couple weeks ago I, I had a giant muskie and I couldn't couldn't get it to come up through the hole. I reached underneath and and uh, and I actually while I was fighting it, I actually grabbed my big 60 inch board, laid it right next to me, had my hook out tools. And my plan was if I got it up and out, I was just going to real quick unhook it. Uh, I had a circle hook and uh, I was going to uh, quick put it on the board and put it right back in the drink. And. Right. You know, and realistically, if it's a smaller muskie, you really don't need, if you can unhook it without actually having to pull it through the hole. Um, you know, I, 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 you know I, I just wanted to see how big it was, but I wanted to be as quick as possible with it. Now, I'm one of the last guys to start preaching about, uh, especially out on Pewaukee, everybody gets their undies in a bundle in the middle of summer about trolling for muskies and killing muskies and this and that. But... Sometimes I think guys catch them in the winter, and this is going back 20 years ago, uh, 30 years ago. I'd see Polaroid pictures at Smokey's Bait Shop of a half-stiff muskie with its eyes frozen, covered with snow. And I'm thinking that 
If you do happen to catch an incidental muskie through the ice, it's cool, it's exciting. Get a quick measurement. If you want to take a guess, a quick pick. If, but get it back in the hole as quick as possible. Don't fart around too much with the thing, you know, especially if it's all, you know, tore up and so forth. Just get it back in quick and, you know, yeah, take care of the those, fish. Those eyeballs can freeze very fast if it's really cold out. So that's good. Yeah, get the, get a, if you're going to release a fish, get it back in the water quick. Don't stand well, there and hold it for two, three minutes, you know. Well, well, it's even even if you're catching big pike. Now, when we went up to Lake of the Woods, uh, one time in particular, I was with a friend Jerry Worley up there, and he and I were catching three foot long to to 38 inch pike one after another. It was unbelievable. It, but it was the coldest day I've ever experienced. Um, uh -oh. Wind was howling. We would get those fish out and back in as quick as possible. I mean, so even as far as big pike too, it, it, most people are gonna release them unless you're gonna get it mounted. I have nothing against the guy getting a big pike mounted. Um, but if you're gonna get it back in, you know, you're not doing the January photo shoot for Playmate of the Month here. You don't have to make, take 18,000 pictures. That used to drive me nuts with clients too. They'll take you five different cameras, take a picture with this one. Get them back in, get them back quick. And speaking of quick, I think we got to quickly go to break and then do our hornswoggle. Yeah, we do. And uh, Ron Heidenreich uh, wrote, uh, sent in, he, he, he corrected me on what it says. It says, you can always tell a German, you just can't tell them much. Don't forget, folks, call 799-1250, be a contestant in the hornswoggle. We'll be right back with the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. Welcome back to Wacky Walleyes, Cutting Edge Outdoors. Thanks for getting on board for a ride on the crazy train this morning. And uh, right now we have the long-awaited, much-anticipated Hornswoggle segment. And do we have a lucky contestant, Sam? Yes, sir. Today we got Mike in Azonia. Mike in Exonia, which is Exonia with an I-X, I believe. How are you doing, Mike? Very good. How are you guys? Hey, Mike. Doing good. We've talked to you before, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All about loppies. Yeah, I know. I know. I've been to loppies. You better believe it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yep. they're, they're under new ownership, though. The fish fry isn't the same. Oh, not as good? Yeah, you know, it's always it's always hard to say goodbye to one that you loved. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I know what you mean. Yeah, loppies. Okay. Well, yeah, never heard of that one, but... Um... You, we got the horn trail, so you know how this works, Mike. Works, Mike. Yes, sir. Yep. All right. I'm gonna make the statements, and if it's if I'm pulling your leg, it's a horn swoggle. Mm -hmm. If I'm speaking the truth, it's no horn swoggle. So here we go. We're gonna talk about shooting uh, because we got a special guest at 7:30. I'll uh, talk about in just a second. But uh, when shooting at running game, you're shooting at a running deer. It's running through the field. Your best to swing, get the crosshairs on it, stop the rifle, and pull the trigger. Hornswoggle. What's that? Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. You got to swing through. Mike knows just like shooting at a pheasant. You got to, or a bird, or whatever. You got to follow through. Okay. And um, you're shooting at a running deer. 
It's 100 yards away. It's running at a right angle to you at 10 miles per hour. You've got a 270 Winchester, the venerable 270 Winchester, which I might add, with a 130 grain bullet. Uh, optimal lead recommended is 1.5 feet. Hornswoggle or no Hornswoggle? Hornswoggle. No Hornswoggle. No Hornswoggle. That's okay, though. And uh, here we go. You're one out, one out of two. Uh, when, when shooting... When shooting at a running deer, a 12-gauge shotgun with a slug is going to be much faster to hit the deer than the 270 uh, with the 130 grain bullet. Hornswoggle or no hornswoggle? That's a hornswoggle. That's a hornswoggle, yeah. The old, hey, the, old, the old pumpkin slug slinger will be about 20 yards behind that son of a gun. So, Okay, Mike, so thanks for listening. And uh, the reason uh, I talk about this right now, shooting is at 7.30. We are going to have the communications director, Dan Clayton. I hope I pronounce this right. It's a hyphenated L-U-C-E. Is that Lucci? Dan Clayton Lucci. Communications director for Henry Rifles is going to join us. Special guest at 7.30. So anyway, uh, we'll put you on hold, leave your address, and we will get you a certificate to Carl's Country Market. They got lots of good stuff there. Love it. Thank you, guys, and thanks for the radio show. Uh, Long-time listener. Take care. Thank you. Take care, man. All righty, then. I'm writing that down. Communications director. Okay. Yeah, yeah, got that. (laughs) Communications director, customer service. So Henry Rifles, so we're we're excited. That'll be coming up quicker than what you think. And at 7 o'clock, you've got your special of... Update. Walk Lake launch update. Yeah. Wait a second, Tom. What? It's North Lake launch. You. Said. Yeah, that's what I said. That's what I. You meant. just said Oconomowoc. I know. Hey, what I say is not How? always what I mean. Now so these you, these you fo- have to these, read between the lines. <laughs> these faux fo- these faux pa- these faux pas are becoming more and more frequent. I'm getting a little concerned. Yeah. Hey. Isn't that what you call them a faux pas or something like that? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. What's faux pas stand for? Uh, Hope it's not anything bad. No, it's nothing bad. No, no. A screw it's up? Just a, just a mistake. Just a Spe- screw up. Yeah. Speaking of speaking of screw up, my my phone is ringing off the hook, being as you made that that comment about Germans and not being able to tell them anything. You know, in today's <laughs> today's woke world, you can't you can't say any disparaging things about about Germans. Come on, man. Hey, if you, can, you can't you know, say anything some... disparaging about anybody. Germans got to get the broad shoulders if they can't handle it, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, well. It's, it's, you know, you got to be able to take a little teasing every now and then. Yeah, well, we all know how that would work if we weren't talking about Germans or something else. Yeah, yeah that's probably, true. Next thing yeah. you know, we'd probably have people, you know, storming the castle. So, uh, yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, storming the Bastille. But our oh, Germans... Speaking of... The, oh, what? go ahead. Well, are they, you know what? I, I got a friend of mine, and I, I think he's he might be German. I don't know. But, man, I'll tell you, he is the most stubborn guy. You can't tell him nothing. I mean, zero. Zilch nada. Don't even bother. Don't even try. Even if you're right. So, I don't know. Yeah. So, yeah, well, go ahead. And my, my wife, you know, she's uh, Polish, and they're just like Germans. They're stubborn, too, you know. Oh, yeah, come on now. Don't say anything. You can't say that, Tom. Yes, I can. Oh, because it's your wife. Yeah. She's stubborn, too. We're both stubborn. Yep. Well, they make... Well, one thing about the Polish, they make good sausage. Yeah. 
<laughs> and they make good stuff to clean your tables with. What? That Polish, what are you talking you spray about? Spray it on and wipe it with a rag. The Polish, what? huh? You spray stuff on and wipe it with a rag. That's yeah, called... on your wood, on your wood tables and that. Uh, the Polish, or or do they call it polish? Well, we used to have when I was in high school. <laughs> When I was in high school, we had what we called the Polish shower, but we won't even get into that oh, one right now because I don't know. That was probably wrong back then, wrong-headed of us high school students at that time too. So you know, you know, this is a this is a fun first hour, and I and I hope our listeners are having fun with us. You know, you can you can always give us a call at seven nine nine twelve fifty. Got got something to tell us about, or you can email us live at CEO guys at yahoo.com. But I'm really looking forward to this North Lake Access update that's coming up. Oh, guess what? We just got an email come in. Okay, they're coming in hot off the press. Oh, but this you is... You got everybody all excited, Tom. This is not... Uh, this, this is one of those, like, spam emails. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that how'd they, a... how'd they get our address, Tom? I, I, oh, are you kidding me? They got everything. We're on, we're on a list now. Can't believe oh, it. Hey... We get so many of these goofy emails. I'm telling you, it's that's why you know you, you get all excited. You got an email, and then eh, you can't use it anyway. Well, Tom, the whole world gets those emails, so you just yep. gotta quit getting excited about it. Hey, uh, speaking of getting excited, I'm getting lots of reports. I'm on this. Uh, it's like a neighborhood Pewaukee Facebook group, basically, where you're always getting people posting, and. Uh, most of the time it's women posting and sometimes it's important things like where do I buy the best laundry detergent? You know, some some critical stuff that people tweet out there. But lately there's been uh, these reports of people seeing wolves, um, wolves and uh, they, quite a few of them. And, and there was one this week that somebody said they saw a wolf uh, at Elmhurst corner of Elmhurst, wherever that is, in SS. I know where County SS is. So they're telling everybody, you know, make sure you keep, you know, foo-foo your poodle locked up inside. Uh, of course, you know, we, we got a lot of coyotes around here as well. But they're saying that these these uh, so-called canines are big with fluffy tails and they're too probably too big for a coyote. My thought is this, Tom, I don't know about you, but this time of year, you, coyotes have a big, thick winter coat right now. Yep. My thoughts are that they're probably seeing a mighty big-looking coyote, and that's why the greenhorns are reporting those as wolves. Now, on the other hand, that doesn't mean that there haven't been wolves down all the way this far, because I have talked to people years past that, uh, well, a good friend of mine years ago who knows what he's talking about, he's from Krivitz, he has a wolf ran across, across Highway 16. And that, one of the biggest ways you can tell is they have long legs. And there's different distinguishing characteristics. But my best guess is people are seeing a lot of these coyotes running around that look as big as a wolf. Right now, they're pretty desperate for food. Uh, one post actually had... Uh, had a, a flash picture of one going through their backyard and it was actually chasing a couple of deer. Uh, so those coyotes are getting hungry, plus their mating season is starting this month, February. So I think a lot of people are going to see the coyotes running around. I agree. It's probably coyotes. And with that, we got to go to a quick commercial break, folks. This is a short one. 
So stay tuned for the second hour of the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors with Dan Bush and myself, Tom Neubauer. We'll be right back. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors. Avon! Ha ha ha! You're on the crazy train! Welcome to the Cutting Edge Outdoor Show. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on 1250 AM, The Fan. Well, it is the second hour of the Wacky Walleye's Cutting Edge Outdoors, where we come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 AM. We do it live, folks, so you never know what might happen. And if you want to be a part of the show, you got any questions or comments, all you got to do is call us at 414-799-1250 or email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. He's Danny Bush. I'm Tom Neubauer. Sam Schmitz is on the boards, and we welcome you back to the show. Now, Danny, are you ready for my update on North oh. Lake? North North Lake. I was going to ask Sam if he could play the intro to Space Odyssey 2001 to have this dramatic introduction too late sam <laughs> do you want me to wait for that i had taken a while to find it there okay that was a cool movie yeah it was yeah okay here we go the dnr is doing it to us again now remember i told you about how they they're putting together this uh, 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 uh carrion launch on north lake forget about boat launches even though they promised us a boat launch and we paid and i mean we as the taxpayers, we paid for the property to put that boat launch, but the, the DNR whisked, whisked out and backed out of it. And then they'd say, oh, we're going to sell that. We're going to get this other spot. Well, yeah, right. I, you, know, I'll, I'll, you, know, you know what's going to happen in hell to ice cubes um, if that ever happens. But anyway, they, they put up this uh, carry-in access. There's only one problem, Danny, maybe two. Here's a little uh, email we got. From uh, This is from Kirk. Captain Kirk says, My friend got the following uh, info regarding the launch at North Lake. Note the number of parking spots and the distance from the water. That will limit the people to only ones that are in shape and not old farts like me. Basically what they did was, oh, they're so kind and generous at the DNR, uh, there's only four parking spots uh, for this carry-in only access. And the carry-in access is, from the parking spot, 280 feet away, roughly the length of a football field, 300 yards away. Now, if you want to carry your kayak or canoe 300 yards, now you, Danny, could do that because you're in great shape, but most people are not going to be able to do that. Number two, they, the DNR says, and if you have a boat with a motor and you'd like to launch us, you can do that as long as you carry it from the parking spot. I can see you, Danny, carrying that 17-foot uh, Lumacraft with the big Yami on the back all the way down to that launch. You better have a few friends helping so, you. So the DNR is doing us no favors whatsoever. They think that we're a bunch of, uh, what do you call those guys uh, in the flannel shirts, Danny? You had a name for them. Sodbusters. Sodbusters, yes. We're a bunch of sodbusters, and we should be happy 
with what they're giving us. You know, the DNR reminds me in this situation of Marie Antoinette when she said to the French people, let them eat cake. Now, a lot of people think that she was saying cake like the dessert cake. No, 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 no. She was not meaning no, that. No, 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 no. No. When you would hire, hammer out the iron <laughs> to make different things, the little slag that would fall off of it, the pieces of slag that would fall off the iron after you had it in the furnace, that was what they called cake. So when she was saying, let them eat cake, she was saying, let them, let them eat the chips from the forging of the iron. In other words, let them eat nothing. And that's just what the DNR is doing to us. They're giving us a launch, telling us, oh, we're so nice, we're giving you this nice launch, but you know what? It ain't worth nothing if you got to go 300 yards and there's only parking for four vehicles. Okay, Tom, okay, that's Tom, it. are you, you done? Okay. Not I really, but okay. Okay. I <laughs> okay. Right? Tom, 10... I would have told you this 10 minutes ago, but the silly, I, I, knew, I knew the filibuster was going on, the soliloquy, whatever, you know what I mean, was yeah. going on. So I let you finish. It's less than 100 yards, not 300 yards. 280 feet. There's 300 feet yeah. in 100 yards. Exactly. So, you, so it's 100 yards. Yeah, you've been saying oh, 300 say? yards, dude, 10 times. What 300 yards. 300 yards. Well, I meant, like you I said, 300 before. yards. Well, a hundred yards. It's actually less than a hundred yards, right. and that's a little bit not less, a few feet less. Yeah, but that's a big difference between that and a hundred yards. Yeah, so I know. I made a mistake. It's not near. I made a mistake. It's not near as bad as what you're putting it out to be, though. Yeah, but yeah, a hundred yards is terrible. The uh, DNR no, should be ashamed of themselves for offering this. They should well, be ashamed. They should be. Well. Yeah. Well, I, when I, the other reason I was laughing to myself, you know, you could have done a, as opposed to the no, 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 you could have done the John Belushi thing Saturday Night Live, but, but no, you know, and go, remember <laughs> yeah. that? Yeah, but no, yeah, they <laughs> that can't would have been the, a classic. <laughs> yeah, they can't put the parking across the road from it. Oh, no, they, you know, they can't make it like 30 feet away or 40, 50 feet away. Oh, no, it's got to be almost 300 feet away. That, that, that it's ridiculous. I mean, well, seriously, I, and, I'm and, not, you know, poor Ben Heisner, I feel sorry for him because he's not the one who, you know, drew this up. It so, wasn't him. It was somebody else. So so, so here's uh, the thing that I think. I don't mind the, the, the distance, okay? Because, you know, I'm a young, you know, I'm still a marathon runner, for gosh sake. I'm ready for the Olympics. But um, I think the four parking spots, that's what... I think would really, you know, that they need to have more spots than that. Or next thing you know, some poor guy's going to be parking on the road and everybody will be getting a ticket. That'll be the, the, the next local fundraiser for the local community out there. Yeah. You know, I just got to remind uh, our listeners, those who fished Pine Lake years ago, when you'd have to walk almost a mile, just under a mile away where you'd have to park your car after you put your boat in the water. Now, you just think about that. You're parking almost a mile away, okay. and it wasn't so bad that they put a launch over there. It wasn't a big deal. Not a big deal, but, you know, the people in the area, they, you know, they don't wind up about that for, oh, my God, for forever. And uh, just like this is going on now, you know, I, so I don't understand. But anyway. My, my, what my, my other question, though, Tom, is this. Uh, what is, is, like, is like North Lake 
got the, a world record fish in there you want to get to or something because you, you, you sure love North Lake, it seems. No, it, it, the thing is, is that we as riparian boat owners have the right, and it says right in our Constitution, to access <laughs> right. public waterways. Which riparian? One. Yeah, we're riparian boat owners. Riparian? Yes. Look at Does up. that mean I'm an alien? Is that like a reptilian? <laughs> yes, yes, you're an alien. I'm a riparian boat owner. Boy, i got to write that down. No. I feel good about myself. Now I'm a right, not just a boat owner, I'm a riparian boat owner. Yes. So anyway, so the thing is, is that we, we have the right to be able to access all public waters. Nobody owns the waters in this state. It's, it's uh, shared by all citizens of this state. And, and, you know, it's funny that, you know, one, you know, that one lake could take the pressure off of a bunch of other lakes, you know, a little bit of the pressure. Uh, you know, let's face it, a lot of the lakes that have decent launches on them get a lot of pressure. And a lot of times if you get there too late, you're not going to get a parking spot. So, you know, by opening up, you know, let's say uh, uh, North Lake and Lake LaBelle, getting a decent launch with parking there, and there's a few other lakes, too. You, you, if you do that, by, by opening up these lakes to a little bit more ex- accessibility, you take the burden off of the other lakes. You know, it's funny that in northern Wisconsin, Danny, every lake has got a boat launch, and they're all free. They're all free, and they all got boat launches. Why is it that lakes in southern Wisconsin are not free, and not every lake has got a boat launch? So- I don't understand that. So we've got lots of angry riparian boat owners down here. And all I got to say, Tom, is I sure hope I'm not the one who serves you cold soup at a deli. And on the line right now, we've got Al Shook. Let's go to Al. All right. Hey, good morning, Al. Good morning, gentlemen. I, I'm calling you from the free boat launch capital of the world. Yeah. <laughs> are you? Hey, Al, are you a northern riparian boat owner? Northern and Southern, yes. Okay, all right. Gosh darn. Boy, oh boy, Tom. See, you got to move up north. Go up to Crivets. I uh, I was listening to the dissertation here, and I just want to point out for those that are quite myopic in their forward view, Tom, that <laughs> this, is not the, this is not the finished product. There's no paving there. It's all gravel. The possibility exists that another type of a boat launch could be built there. Yeah, the possibility. The agreement agreement right now is for this walk-in launch where you have, uh, I think there's one on Beaver Lake, too. Yeah, that's a lot closer to the water. Well, and and you know what, Al? But uh, they screwed up there, too. They could have bought some more property and had a decent boat launch on Beaver Lake, but they screwed us on that, too. Well, uh, your definition of consensual sex is a different story from other people. So, (laughs) what? What are you talking about, Al? (laughs) Good analogy. Good analogy, Al. What are you talking about, Al? Good analogy, Al. The the fact is, is that it'll never be consensual for Tom. He's always going to be angry. It, it seems that way, yeah. He's, you know, it's like the old joke that I won't finish. You know, how do you make a hormone? Yeah. Well, yeah, okay, yeah, right. You'll stop there. But anyways, you've got to consider that after I know the the Waukesha County Conservation Alliance 
has been trying to get some type of public access to that lake for over 25 years. We are not happy with what we have, but the current administration, and particularly the local fish biologist, brought it up again to the new administration, and they moved forward with what's there right now. The former administration probably would have put that property on the for sale list, and there'd be absolutely nothing. None of that property has been sold. None of it has been given away. It's been, uh, let's just say, mildly developed. And the reason why it didn't open up right away is because it's such a small piece of property that they had to make sure it was for no hunting only. You could do everything else but no hunting because it's such a narrow strip of land. Hmm. What property are we talking about? North Lake. No, the one where there's, they were going to put the boat launch in or this carry-in? It's the same property, Pop. Oh. There's not two pieces of property that the state owns there. It's still the old uh, the old Krause property, but they they had an agreement with some of the property owners, and this is what was come... This is what the agreement was, but it wasn't a final agreement. It was just an agreement for a walk-in. They gave away no rights as to the original 15-trailer area or paved access or whatever. They, they didn't trade that away or give it away. They still have the property. Now it's being used, so it will never go on a, a vacant or unused state property list. But the possibility of it being further developed exists. Well, I got to tell you, if they do it in my lifetime, uh, I will be thoroughly surprised. I don't. I, I'll bet you it ain't done while I'm still alive. Tom, now, Tom. Well, Tom, I don't, are you? I don't wish you any ill will, Tom. <laughs> okay. Well, it's <laughs> a long time, but I think it's it's going to be. If they're going to do something at all with it, it's not going to be another 25 years. All right. Tom won't well, be happy. Thanks. Tom won't be happy until they got McKinley Marina there. <laughs> yeah, and he's going to want some free consensual sex too. I think. Oh, you guys, just stop it, you guys. Just that's it. Hey, okay. Al, thank you for calling and thanks, Al. for your information. But we got to go to a break. All right, guys. We'll talk to you care. later, buddy. Bye. All right. Take All care. right, folks, we got to go to a quick break. We'll be right back. 799-1250 is the phone number. Stay tuned for more of the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. Welcome back to Wacky Walleye's Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush along with Tom Neubauer. Thanks for listening and uh, getting on board the train today with us. Don't forget, at 7.30, we got a special guest from Henry Rifles going to be with us, so that should be fun. And uh, if you do have a fishing report, a hunting report, uh, give us a call, 414-799-1250. I will mention Tom, if I can. Uh, Again, uh, uh, Curly's Waterfront Pub, uh, there's a fishery out there uh, today, uh, plugins. Tomorrow it's manches. 
February 6th, the Sherwood Forest. Uh, February 13th, they've got an ice golf and meat raffle out there at Curly's. And February 20th, the big one, the great one, the Pewaukee chapter of Walleyes for Tomorrow. Uh, we'll have theirs, and hopefully we can get Tom Kep out of bed some Saturday morning to talk to us a little bit about that one. So lots, uh, lots of stuff going on right now. Yeah, and we got that, uh, like we talked earlier, we got the snow coming. So, you know, overcast day, got a front moving in, should be good fishing today. And, uh, of course, there's no uh, football picking contest this week. We all know why. But when the week of the big game is, uh, we will have our last and final NFL football picking contest. And, uh, Sam, when is that going to be? Is that next week or the week after? Uh, kind of threw me off here. Give me one sec. Sorry about that. Yeah, Sam was busy watching the Spanish channel on one of the TV monitors in the <laughs> studio there. That's okay, Sam. We'll cover for you there, buddy. February 7th, 5.30. February 7th. So that's next weekend, right? Next next Sunday? Yeah, boy, yes. Tom, I'll, I'll tell you what. Not not much much escapes you guys. No, uh, not, not at all. Yeah, so that'll next, be. <laughs> so next week we will have the NFL the last NFL football picking contest. The last yes, one. correct, because it's the last game of the year because it's That's the right. Super Bowl. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Uber Bowl. That's yeah, what they Uber, call it. Yeah, we can't say that other word. We can't say. Uber Bowl. Yeah. You're right. We can't. Yeah, we got to okay. say Uber. Yeah. Uber Bowl. Oops. Okay. <laughs> Uber Bowl. You can't say that. Okay. Right. Uh, the big game. We can call it the big game and all right. that other stuff. Hey, uh, speaking speaking of uh, Uber Bowls, uh, National Resource, our friend Tom, one of our listeners, dropped this off. I don't know if you read it or mentioned it, Tom. The Resource Board did decide against the wolf hunt, uh, according to a quote by Paul Smith here in his article. Oh, they did? Yeah, it says, after four hours of often emotional public testimony, including from tribal members who consider the wolf a brother and a dairy farmer who has watched calves eaten alive by the predators, the Natural Resources Board voted Friday against holding a wolf hunting and trapping season this winter in Wisconsin. Okay, so that's this winter. Uh, so yeah, they'll I, wait until this fall. They'll they'll probably do it. But again, if they, I talked about the thing with the fall thing, why do it in October or November when you know I, I don't know. I I think that's kind of a dumb time to do it everybody's busy do it in late like this time of year next year yeah you know, do it and do it do it you know when that when those predators are out moving in the snow and the cold and they need more food they're on the run get you know i i think that uh, just like coyote hunters predator hunters like to hunt this time of year i think that that would basically be the best time best time to do it so yeah and if they you know the, the dnr talks a big game about uh reducing the numbers to the original 350 that they wanted you know now they got over 2000 and uh you know they don't want to do anything about it i i don't understand and i'm I'm sure that was a very heated meeting that they had you know with people pro and con you know back and forth both ways i'm sure it was so now here's the thing i've heard i think the dnr estimates are around 1100 yeah they're, they're full of it so is is this two thousand number of yours, Tom, a barstool number, or what? What's the source here? 
the, the source is the people who live in northern Wisconsin. You know, one of okay. the problems, one of the problems with wolves is that, or 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 the how people think about them is that people in the southern part of the state, you know, we think, oh yeah, they're cute, cuddly, whatever. You know, we don't have to live with them. You know, we see them on TV or whatever. Uh, but you know, we don't have to live with, with them day day after day. Whereas the people in northern Wisconsin, their attitude is totally different than the people in southern Wisconsin. If if yeah. if we had a worry about wolves outside of our door every day, I think we'd be thinking a little bit differently too. Can't live with them. Can't live without them. How yeah, long have you live, been we married, can, Tom? We did fine without them. We did fine without wolves. <laughs> we did fine without them. That's why they got rid of them because human beings and wolves just don't get along, and did, that's why they hear? were they were shot to hell years ago. You know, I mean. Did yeah, you hear they're so, planting? They're planting a bunch of wolves out by North Lake. Did you hear that one? Yeah, that's what we should do. That's what we should do. <laughs> they're going to guard the launch. <laughs> yeah, we're going to threaten the people out there. Hey, let us have a launch, or we're going to plant a bunch of wolves out here by you. <laughs> oh goodness! Well, that idea came from you, not from me. So what? you can no, send I... all the letters to Danny Bush. I... I just figured now that you're all wound up here, I just keep you going here. On oh, the, I'm not wound up at all. On the wolves and this and that. Yeah, and, uh, I, I'm not wound up at all. Not at all. You know what? I don't care if they never put a launch. You know, me personally, I don't care if they never put a launch on another lake in southern Wisconsin. I don't care. That's me personally. I'm just talking yes. for the people who do care. That's all. I'm just a voice for the people who dare do care. You're like a politician. I don't care. You you know, by the people, for the people, Tom Neubauer for Congress. Uh, Hey, you're you're damn right. I'd be a damn good congressman. You're you're representing all your constituents. That's right. (laughs) And you're doing a darn good job of it, buddy. that's right. But me personally, I'm serious, Danny. I, I could care less if they put another launch out there or on LaBelle or on Beaver or whatever. I, I really don't care. Me personally, I just well, I, you know I I just speak for the the people who don't have a voice you know. Well, I'm gonna rent a helicopter and rappel on in. But hey, uh, our friend uh, <laughs> Randy gonna... Reading, Randy <laughs> yeah. Reading sent us an email, kind of interesting. We're kind of you know bouncing around. This is a crazy train. You don't know where we're going. Um, it, it's kind of interesting. You, you know, I like pike. You know, prized fish out here. But it's interesting how one area. Or region of the country has certain fishing preferences and others another. Now, uh, Randy mentions that we stock lake trouts and regulate to protect them. Out west, they put bounties on them and pike because they eat their native cutthroat rainbows along with the K-O-K-A-N-E-E. Tom, you're the smart guy here. How do you pronounce that? I have no clue. Okay, well, at least pretend you do. Kokani, Tom knows. Kokani. Um, but the, yeah, it says the Colorado Parks and Wildlife and the Colorado River District are providing cash incentives for anglers who target northern pike in Green Mountain and Wolford Mountain Reservoirs. The $20 reward is paid to anglers for each pike they catch. So here's my idea, Tom. I'm going to go catch a whole bunch of pike. I'm going to load up a trailer. I'm driving to Colorado. I'll get 20 bucks a pike. I'm going to make a killing. Yeah, take me with you. That sounds like a hell of a deal. I don't know. If you went along too many bathroom stops, I'm sorry, Tom. i got to drive straight through. 
I'd probably find a boat launch I could complain about out there. <laughs> oh. You know, and, 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 you know, which reminds me, you're talking about species, you know, how Randy Reading was talking about that. It's like, um, for an example, paddlefish. Now, in Wisconsin, paddle, paddlefish are under the endangered species list, right? Uh, you can't even bring a paddlefish in your boat. If you hook one on the Wisconsin River, you got to cut the line, let it go. But if you were on the Missouri River, down in Missouri, uh, they got, I think there's a certain season where they got 25 fish limit on them. Now, why is it in one part of the country you got a 25 fish limit on paddlefish, but here they're endangered? I think, well, if they were endangered, if we need more, we'd just go to Missouri and get more, right? Right. <laughs> so I'm sure they'd give us some more. They want to get rid of them. Yeah. Well, I, I don't, don't know. understand that. You know, don't I, understand it. Guys, well, you know the old. I've often lost sleep at night wondering about the old paddlefish, but uh, <laughs> I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the old paddlefish. Yeah, yeah. Well, so. I'll tell you what. Let's let's take our break uh, just a little early, because we've got our special guest that's going to be calling at seven thirty. So hopefully we'll have uh, Dan Clayton Lucci, the communications director and customer service of Henry Firearms, on right after the 7.30 break. So, folks, stay tuned. And if you got questions, email them now at ceoguys at yahoo.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back, my friends, to Wacky Walleye's Cutting Edge Outdoors. Once again, we want to thank our listeners out there. And for a second time today, I want to thank all the police officers out there who support us. First responders, military folks, healthcare workers, people out there keeping America safe and great. And uh, right now on the line, I believe, we've got the uh, communications director from Henry Rifles, now, on with us, and Dan, uh, I, I, I didn't want to screw up the pronunciation of your last name, so can you tell our listeners, please? Sure. Yeah, my, my last name is Clayton Luce. Okay. Okay, good. And uh, I, I got the Clayton part I had, I wasn't sure about the second. But yeah, we, we thanks for joining us here. Um, you know, Henry Rifles, uh, uh, most of our listeners, Dan, are big, uh, are big uh uh, hunters and, and fishermen and of course firearms enthusiasts and uh, Henry Henry uh, rifles repeating arms I should say uh, is a is an American company uh, it sounds like business is going great but you know when people think about uh, lever action rifles they think about Winchester they think about Browning but can you tell us a little about the history of Henry uh, repeating uh, lever action uh, rifles because they've been around for a long time correct Sure, yeah. So the name Henry uh, dates back to 1860, actually. It was the first uh, successful lever-action rifle, was the Henry rifle. And it was invented by Benjamin Tyler Henry, um, like I said, back in 1860. Um, those rifles were made by a company called New Haven Arms Company uh, at the helm of uh, uh, Benjamin Tyler, with Benjamin Tyler Henry at the helm. 
Um, and then our present-day company, Henry Repeating Arms, essentially borrows borrows the Henry name, uh, kind of borrows the spirit of making um, a lever-action rifle on American soil. Um, and that's, that's kind of where we came from in spirit and uh, where we are today. Now, you guys are located, I know, Made in America. Uh, I, I know one of your, the models, it says, I think, uh, Made in America or not made at all. And, you know, one thing, Dan, you know, our a good friend, uh, John Lehman, started this show with myself and Tom Neubauer many years ago. And he was always a staunch proponent of Made in America. In fact, for a long time, he had a, a bait shop out here on Pewaukee Lake. And, uh, for, for a long time, he wouldn't take any products made in China. He was he wanted all American made, and and uh, so I know he would be uh, if he were alive today. He uh, he certainly would want to have a Henry rifle. And you guys, are, where are you guys made? I think Rice Lake, and and where's the other places? Yeah, so our our largest facility is in Rice Lake, Wisconsin, which is about two hours, uh, you know, northeast of of Minneapolis. And then our second facility is in Bayonne, New Jersey. Um, and it's actually there because uh, the company started in, in 97 when, when Henry Repeating Arms started. Um, it was started in Brooklyn, New York, of all places. Yeah, uh, I got a quick question. I, I understand that uh, the first uh, Henry Repeating Knife rifles were used in the, the Civil War, weren't they? They were, yeah, in in limited numbers. Um, they were they were expensive, um, but they they were absolutely used. Um, I don't know off the top of my head how many were actually manufactured in that 1860-1861 uh, time frame, uh, but they were absolutely used. Yeah, so you know you could imagine, um, you know that that held uh, 11 to 13 rounds. I think it was 13. Um, and, you know, it would fire as fast as you could work the action and pull the trigger, which, you know, if you have any experience with a lever action, you can do pretty quickly. Um, yeah, pretty you're, You know, that up against, uh, you know, a muzzle-loading uh, firearm, it's, uh, you know, it was a big, big step up in, in firepower, that's for sure. Yeah, we're you know, talking Dan with Dan Clayton Luce of uh, Communications Director of Henry Firearms. Uh, go ahead, Dan. Yeah, um, as far as uh, the Henry rifles, now, I actually had one of our listeners, when we mentioned your company a while back, he actually showed up at my place, and he showed me he's got a um, Henry rifle lever action 22, and I've, I've had Marlins, I've had Brownings, I've had Winchester lever actions, and I will tell you that that lever action Henry was the slickest I've, action I've worked, super smooth. And, and super nice. But as far as, you know, Henry rifles, do you guys, is it just rifles or do you guys make shotguns as well? Can you tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, what your offerings are? Sure. Yeah. So we do make shotguns. If this, it, as of right now, we make over 200 different model numbers. Um, so we have rifles and shotguns. We also have uh, lever action pistols um in in the form of the of the mare's leg which is basically a chopped down lever action rifle that's sold as a handgun so you know in the shotgun category we have single shots we have lever actions and we are just expanding our offerings 
rapidly yep. uh, to try and give hunters and shooters more more options to choose from. Now, Dan, you said you have a lever-action shotgun? We do. We actually have a number of lever-action 410 shotguns. We haven't I've done never, the larger I, gauges yet, but um, <laughs> the 410 is a lot of fun. Yeah, I never heard of that, a lever-action shotgun. And how, yeah, I, great. Yeah, how many, uh, how many uh, uh, slugs does that hold? Or that holds five, five shells. Wow. Uh, so it's How five plus that? one. So, you know, squirrel hunting, rabbit hunting, um, even clays. Uh, clays is really fun with a 410. It's, it's a little bit more challenging, but it's very fun with a lever action. Um, you know, we have a video up on our YouTube channel for, uh, of the, the host of our YouTube channel going on a rabbit hunt with the lever action 410. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a great thing because it yeah. feels like a rifle um, and shoots like a shotgun. I got one quick question. If a person had uh, one of those repeating rifles from 1860, how much do you think it would be worth? Uh, today, if they had one from 1860, I think um, I think it really just depends on the uh, on the um, the finish of it and. You know, if there's any provenance to who owned it um, and if it was used and things like that, because I've seen them go anywhere from, um, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to uh, to well over a hundred thousand dollars. Wow, Danny, you got to keep your eye out for one of those. You yeah. know, I'll I'll tell you what, I, I think I'd rather have one of the new Henrys that they're making now. I mean, Tom, they make some unbelievable. In fact, right now, I'm, I'm going to kind of share an email that I got because I'm on the Henry email chain. They've actually got all these cool different editions of, of uh, rifles that they do, tribute editions. I mean, they've got the trucker tribute edition. We ought to get our friend Tex the big, in the big rig, that one. Shriners, Shriners edition, American Oilman tribute edition. But now they've got a, a Valentine's Day, like all our listeners out there right now, let's not be boring and get them, you know, just flowers. Uh, we mentioned the heart, heart-shaped pizza at Park Avenue Pizza, but there's a Valentine's Day um, edition. Uh, it's called the uh, Henry American Beauty. And basically what it is, is it's a special edition rifle with an, an American stock, and it's got a uh, engraved, uh, engraved and a rose gold-plated American Beauty rose on the side of the rifle. And so basically right now, you can buy your girlfriend or wife for Valentine's Day this special rifle with the rose on the side. Uh, I mean, where do you guys come up with these ideas for all these editions? I, you guys must have some great marketing there, Dan. Yeah, the, the American Beauty rifle actually has kind of a unique story. That was, um, that was a concept uh, that the, the president of our company, his father, came up with this concept. Um, you know, many years ago. Um, and then I think it resurfaced, uh, you know, after his passing and, you know, we decided to do it and it, it kind of, um, you know, it's not just for women, obviously, but it is, it kind of, uh, captures that spirit without just being a pink gun. I think when, you know, if, if you go to a firearms dealer, um, and you look at you know different different guns for uh, for women hunters or uh, you know concealed carry and things like that. They're always just pink or purple or something like that. So this is 
Um, this is kind of a different take on that. And you mentioned the, uh, the frontline workers and first responders, um, you know, after that commercial break. And we've got tribute editions for all of them as well. Um, so, yeah, we, we just, you know, those constituencies that, that we feel really strongly about, um, you know, we, we try and do something special with a, with a tribute edition for them. So, hey, Dan, Dan, if, uh, if a person wants to learn more about Henry repeating rifles, what's a website they can go to? Yeah, our website is henryusa.com. Well, that's easy enough to remember, henryusa.com. And the other thing here, too, guys, is you can order online, and you'll get a free Henry catalog, and it's got all these super cool editions, and then it'll tell you the local retailer that you can go and, and, and get one. Uh, the rifles are beautiful, but I, I think one important thing, and, and we got maybe four minutes before we're going to have to go to our break, but, uh, you know, Henry, Henry, uh, Henry Rifle it has quietly, I might say, been donating tens of thousands of dollars to uh, children with cancer and, and great causes. In fact, I've got one flyer here that says Henry's 65 rifle donation raises over $40,000 to assist the three-year-old Michigan girls' leukemia battle. And there's just on and on stories on that. Can you tell us a little bit about the history and what, what got some of these... Uh, causes started because i'm thinking your owner must have a lot of empathy for people yeah absolutely so you know so we run a, a charitable branch of the company called guns for great causes uh and it was essentially started by the president of the company because um you know more often than not um you know gun owners and gun companies and gun makers tend to get a black eye in the mainstream media um, so he, he wanted to do this to kind of show the good that could come out of our industry, um, and gun owners, because most of our guns for great causes, uh, initiatives, we, we will make and donate the guns, but then it's up to the gun owners and our fans and our customers to purchase those firearms so that we can then, you know, turn those firearms into, funds to give to the families um so we do guns for great causes for children's hospitals um individual sick children's veterans organizations um you know the 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 shooting shooting sports or shooting instructors uh second amendment organizations wildlife conservation um the list goes on well if anybody wants more information they just have to go to henry USA.com, and uh, Dan Clayton, it's Loose, is that it? Clayton Loose, yep, you got yeah. it. Dan Clayton Loose, Communications Director, we want to thank you very much for being on the show today. My pleasure, thanks for having me. All right, All right. keep up the good work with those rifles. You make a darn good rifle. We appreciate it, we certainly will. All right, All thank right. you. Thanks, Dan. Thanks. So, Danny, uh, we got to go to a break right now, but when we come back, we got four emails. I'll, I'll read them off real quick, all righty? Okay, sounds good, buddy. All right, we'll be right back with more of the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors.
Oh, Tom, I think we might have lost uh, Bushy oh. there. Okay, we lost Danny, folks. But anyway, all right, we're back here, and I got some emails for us to uh, take care of. Uh, boy, I wish Danny could hear this one. Maybe I'll have to repeat it when he comes back. Uh, Bob sends in an email, says, Tell Danny to stop picking on Tom. He's leading him down the cardiac arrest road. <laughs> LOL. Yeah, thanks, Bob. Uh, all right, let's go to the next one. Uh, here we go. Now, this is from Dylan. He says, how about the fact that Sandhill cranes are protected around here, but you can go out west and load up on the ribeye of the sky? We need that here. You're right, Dylan. We do need that here. All right. And then, let's see now. This is from Dennis. Dennis says, so when the Democrats come after our guns, how many jobs will that idle in the gun industry? Great show. That comes from Double D. All right. Thanks, Dennis. And uh, let's see now. Yeah, you got a point there. And then uh, Tex says, uh, Tom, I just said sent you a picture of this nice size gill I just caught. I know you love fish pictures. <laughs> And then he goes, ha, 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 from the, yeah, that, that bluegill, gee, you know, Tex, it looks like I've seen one of those before. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, uh, Danny, are you back? I, I guess not. I, I thought guess he that, was. Huh? I thought he was. That's weird. No, you got to try again then. Yep. Boy, that's, that's, that's kind of weird why his phone kicks out like that, folks. That's, that's a strange one. You know, people tease me about you know, showing me pictures of fish. You know, if you got a really big fish, you know, that's cool, you know. Because um, let's face it, sometimes people fudge a little bit, you know, about the size of the fish. And uh, But if you're just going to show me a bunch of regular, you know, bass, walleye, perch, whatever, I see, I know what they look like. I believe you. If you tell me you caught, you know, 10 three-pound bass, I believe you. You know, and I know what they look like. You know, you don't have to show me. I mean, I believe you. Um, I remember one time years ago, I had a guy tell me that he caught a an eight-pound largemouth out of Nagawicka. And I said, really? Oh, my goodness. I said, how long was that baby? He said, 16 inches. And I went, huh? There was like a pause, you know, like eight pounds and only 16 inches? I don't think so. You know, another time... Uh, there was a gas station guy, guy who owned a gas station, and he was telling me about all the five and six pound bass he was catching out of Pewaukee. Well, one day I had a guiding client catch, uh, I can't remember exactly if it, I think it was six pound, seven ounce largemouth. It was really big. All right, we got and, Bushy back, Tom. All right, and he asked me, I mean, and I said, uh, well, I would take it, drop it off at a taxidermist for him. And as I was on my way to the taxidermist, I stopped at the gas station and wanted to show this fella this six-pound, seven-ounce largemouth. And he said, oh, my God, how much does that thing weigh, 10, 12 pounds? And I said, well, no, according to you, you catch these all the time out on Pewaukee. You said you catch five, six-pounders all the time. Well, here's a six-pounder. Well, guess what? He was catching two-pounders. So, anyway, Danny? Yeah, I'm back. All right, I got to tell you this uh, email. Okay. That we that you didn't hear this first one. No, I could hear you. Oh, did you hear it? That, that I heard everything. Danny to stop picking on Tom. <laughs> I heard I heard that. I, I actually got a text. I got a text saying that not to get you too wound up because 
so you don't say a bad word or anything on 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 air. Yeah. And so that's why I'm trying to be calm with you now, Tom. I <laughs> I, I I understand completely your feelings on North Lake Launch. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well. Like I, I understand said, how you feel about those wolves. Those gosh darn wolves. It's gonna You're be, right, Tom. It's going to be a cold day in heck when there's an Jude. actual boat launch out there. Shoot them all. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, jeez, I'm telling you. You know what yeah. I got to do? I got to go do, fishing Tom? today. You got to go fishing. You need to take the edge off, Tom. You've been a little tense lately, buddy. Yeah, I got to go out and sit back, you know, sit on, sit in a nice ice shanty. You know, I'll tell you what, I would go ice fishing if somebody had like an ATV and they had an ice shanty with a heater in it. They could drive me out to the ice shanty and drive me back again when I was all done. Uh, you'd still want a recliner in that ice shanty there, Tom. That that would be nice, but I, I wouldn't need it, and 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 I wouldn't use any tip-ups. I would just use uh, a jig rod and see what I could catch on that. Yep. You know, that's sp- all I would spe- worry about. Speaking of tip-ups, Tom, um, you know, I, I I still like using the classic old tip-ups, um, but you know, a lot of guys are using what they call tip downs now. Oh yeah, those are real yeah. popular. Have you used those at all, or does Sherpers no, have those them? Came, or? Those came out after I stopped ice fishing, and uh, but we sell a lot of them at Sherpers. You know, as a matter of fact, I think we only have like one left because, they, you know, we we do sell a lot of those, and those are pretty easy and they're pretty slick, you know, and they're real so, easy to use. Yeah. So it comes with the rod, and then it, is the rod kind of loaded up with some pressure and kind of bent down, and then. No. How, no, it's How's not it? really loaded up. It's just hanging there. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, I take that back. I did use some tip downs many, many years ago. I don't remember the name of them. They were made out of wood. They were they were a work of art. Uh, and this has got to be 25, 30 years ago. And I did use those. Yes, I did. But, uh, yeah, the tip downs, no, there's nothing loaded up on them. They're just kind of like balancing and when a fish pulls down, the rod goes down. I mean, it's it's very simple, very simple design. Because a lot of guys, you know, I, I know there's different makers, you know, manufacturers. And in fact, I went online and it seemed like one tip-down system was over $100, in fact. Um, there seem to be some that are uh, not the cheapest in the world. I don't know. I, I still like having your basic old tip-up. And I'll tell you what. I don't have the patience to jig for panfish, but there's nothing like seeing a flag go standing up, tall and proud and high, and your heart starts pounding, and then you start running over to it or walking if you're, you know, mine and Tom's age, and you uh, you get close enough where you can see the spindle, and all of a sudden it just takes off a humming. If you've ever seen it, Tom, where it was spinning so fast it was like a blur you couldn't even see it yeah too fast yeah right too yeah fast. i'll tell you what man if you're up uh fishing on lake of the woods fishing through the ice for big pike uh where you know that there's you know 30 pound potential let me tell you my friends uh your heart will start pounding and you can even use you go up there you use musky sized suckers People down here using a you know medium golden shiner, large golden shiner would freak to see the size of suckers. I would hang big dead suckers 
that would trip the tip up, so I had to rig it where I'd put like a rubber band on the spindle where it would hold that big dead-weighted 14-inch sucker. But man, I'll tell you, you get excited up there because you know you might have a monster on when you see that see that baby spinning. I'm getting excited. I'm going to go this March, I think, Tom. Well, I wish you the best of luck today, Danny. I hope you catch a big one, and I'll talk to you next week. All right, buddy. That's all I got, pal. Yeah, me too. To all the listeners, thanks for listening, and God bless and stay free, everyone. Lies. Cutting Edge Outdoors. We'll talk to you all next week, my friends.